at Wendy's. The this just in, Wendy's new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now an option with the 4 for 4. Let's go live to Switzerland. You can hear the ceremonial Swiss Alpine horns welcoming the new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now an officer from the Swiss Army is using his knife to cut into a ceremonial block of cheese. There you have it, the deliciously different Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now available for a limited time with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just $4. Stay neutral, Switzerland. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska, Hawaii, or Switzerland. Welcome to the Cocoa Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Cocoa Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about self-expression, communication, and getting the word out. So jump on, see where it goes. Oh, and have a good time. Welcome to Block Talk Radio's The Cocoa Express for Saturday, June 27, 2009. I'm your host, Aurelia Lyles, coming to you live from Wilmington, Delaware. Today's show topic is Failing Successfully, Different Ways of Viewing Success. Our, our special guest is uh, Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, Professor and Author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Okay. Uh, let me give you some background about Dr. Dweck. Dr. Dweck is uh, one of the world's leading researchers in the field of motivation and is the Lewis and Virginia Eaton Professor of Psychology at Stanford. Her research focuses on why people succeed and how to foster how to foster how to foster their success. Um, more specifically, her work has highlighted the critical role of mindsets in business, sports, and education and has shown how praise for intelligence or talent can undermine motivation. She has also held professorships at Columbia and Harvard University, has lectured to business, sports, and education groups all over the world. Has, uh, she has won numerous awards and has been elected to the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. Her work has been prominently featured in such publications as the New Yorker, Time, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and the Boston Globe. And she has appeared on Today, Good Morning America, 2020, and NPR's Morning Edition. Her recent book, Mindset, published by Random House, has been widely acclaimed. Uh, thank you, Dr. Dweck, for joining the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. Um, how are you doing today? Excellent. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. A little nervous. This is my first show. <laughs> yes. Um, I believe your expertise is needed today more than ever. The economy being what it is has got everybody kind of displaying this. Um, I need to re I rethink my life and rethink things. I believe people are reevaluating their lives on every level. Uh, many want to make necessary changes that will guarantee some type of success and don't know which direction to turn. I think your book is a great, um, can I say, a handbook for those ready for that change. I believe we've had this glass half full, half empty belief for far too long. Uh, much of what I understood before reading your book was pretty, pretty much black and white. Either you're successful or you're not. However, after reading Mindset, it shattered that whole thought process. Let's share with the audience some of the wealth of information on success detailed in your book. Okay, my first question to you is, how did the book Mindset come about? 
Well, you know, Aurelia, just for the reasons that you're saying, people face challenges and setbacks all the time in their lives, and now more than ever. And so my research was revealing who copes well with that and who doesn't. My students who did the research with me practically held a gun to my head and said, you have to let the world know this information. They had found it really helpful in their lives. Their families had found it helpful, and they informed me it was time to share this with the world. Oh, great. I'm glad they did. Um, (laughs) Can you define the mindset types? Yes. Um, Some people have what I call a fixed mindset. They believe that their talents, their ability, their personality traits are just carved in stone. They have a certain amount, and that's that. So they feel... Um, that they have to establish themselves all the time, that they have to show they're smart, talented, have good personality qualities because they're stuck with what they have. But other people have what I call a growth mindset. They don't think these traits are fixed at all. They think they're things that could be cultivated and developed. So people with this view, with the growth mindset, are much more risk-taking, challenge-seeking. They expect setbacks to be part of what they do, what they encounter, and they see them as opportunities for new directions and growth. So you can see how having this openness to change and growth would be a good thing in these times. Most definitely, most definitely. Okay, um, there was one um, term that you used, and it was called low effort syndrome. Can you explain in detail what low effort syndrome is and how it uh, applies to both mindsets? Yes. Um, the low effort syndrome is like this. In a fixed mindset where you think, I have a certain amount of talent, I have a certain amount of intelligence, there's also the belief that if you're smart enough or talented enough, you should be able to float or glide to success with minimal effort. In fact, people in this mindset think that if you need a lot of effort, it means you're not brilliant or talented. So their ideal is looking better than other people and succeeding on low effort. And in fact, we find that a lot of very bright students stop working in school when things become difficult. They've glided along, um, succeeding, getting A's. That's their claim to fame. And suddenly, when the work becomes difficult, they don't know how to work hard, and they're afraid to work hard. They'd rather kind of retire while they're ahead and have everyone think that they're brilliant and lazy rather than that they have to struggle like everyone else. In a growth mindset, um, you don't see the low effort syndrome so much because people realize, hey, success is about a lot of hard work, a lot of practice. It's about addressing your weaknesses. It's not that you just have a gift from on high and it unfolds or flowers by itself. 
Okay, and in your book, you use some examples. You use, um, for instance, sports figures like uh, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that Michael Jordan exhibited a, a growth mindset attitude? Absolutely. Michael Jordan, you know, we look at our superstars and superheroes and we think they are just gifted and they came to their gigantic success effortlessly. But chances are when you look behind that, you know, they make it look easy. And when you look behind that, you see that they have usually worked harder than anyone else. Michael Jordan constantly addressed his weaknesses. When he missed a winning shot in a game, he went back and practiced that shot hundreds of times. As he aged, he compensated with new effective strategies that the younger players couldn't foil. Tiger Woods, same thing. These are people who, you know, could maybe coast a little bit on their success, but they are constantly examining themselves and bringing themselves to a higher level. In in my course, uh, in one of my courses, I give students an assignment to pick a hero of theirs and then to look into that hero's lives. And it has never been the case that their hero has become a genius or a superstar without tremendous commitment, passion, and effort. Okay, if we look at that from the other perspective, on the fixed mindset perspective, you mentioned someone like John McEnroe. Mm -hmm. Can you give us examples of how his fixed mindset has hindered his success to some degree? John McEnroe is a great example because he was enormously successful. But I think, and I think he thinks, he could have been even more so. Um, he didn't like to practice. He threw tantrums when he felt the game was getting away from him. He found excuses for why he didn't do well. He blamed others rather than um, looking at what he could improve. So when you have a talent and you combine it with a growth mindset, um, it, it's so much more fruitful than when you try to kind of uh, display your talent all the time and not improve it, blame other people, find excuses, throw tantrums, not practice. I mean, I can only imagine what he would have achieved if he nurtured his talent. Okay. How does labeling an individual increase or decrease their ability to become more successful? That's a great question because we all think negative labels are bad. And there's a lot of work showing that if your group is negatively stereotyped, you are laboring under a disadvantage. But my work also suggests that positive labels can backfire, that when you tell children they're in intelligent or you tell them they're gifted and talented, and you praise them in these ways, that label can inhibit them because it puts them into a, a fixed mindset. It tells them, oh, you have something deep inside of you that brings you success. And it's also telling them, 
that's what you value in them. We've shown that this leads to kids not wanting challenges because they want to keep showing how smart they are and not make mistakes. And it leads them to actually lose confidence when they hit difficulty and lose enjoyment of a task when they hit difficulty. Because if being smart and talented is the name of the game, how can you enjoy it when you're struggling? On the other hand, we found that when you praise the process, someone's efforts, strategy, focus, persistence, when you praise what they put in to a task to bring about their success, this is what makes them hardy, wanting challenges, wanting to persist when there are obstacles, and enjoying that process. You know, we often think we're giving people self-esteem by putting positive labels on them but they lose that self-esteem so quickly. We are really helping people have self-esteem when we teach them to love a challenge and to be able to deal with obstacles in a way that enhances their growth. Okay. Um, the ideal of effortless perfection has what type of emotional effect on, let's say, women in general. Yes, we're hearing so much about college women in particular and and probably now in the workplace who feel that they have to be everything and do everything and do it effortlessly. Now, nobody can do that. And yet, they feel they have to put out that image. It's very debilitating. Because as I've been saying, every important success at some, and every important pursuit in your life at some point or other requires tremendous effort. If you feel disappointed in yourself that you have to work hard or you think you're going to ruin your image if people know you work hard, that's very debilitating. We've also done research on this and we've found that when students put out this low-effort message and other students believe it, they feel so incompetent. Why do I have to work hard when nobody else does? And we're finding that that actually kind of harms their confidence and harms their grades, too. Okay. Um we're going to go in another direction. What does the role of bullying and blame play when it comes to our ability to become more successful? Well, bullying and blame often come out of a fixed mindset. Um, people, people have a need to feel good about themselves. And in a fixed mindset, you often feel good about yourself by exerting power over other people means you're a big shot, you're the one with the brains and talent. And by um, by finding reasons why your difficulties and setbacks don't reflect on you. We have found in our research that when people are in a fixed mindset, they're so threatened by failure that they have to foist it off on someone else in order to feel good about themselves. So instead of saying, 
why did this happen? What can I do? What can I learn from it? They say, wasn't my fault. And they find someone else who can take the blame. Even in relationships, if two people have a fixed mindset and there's a conflict or argument, then you have to figure out, am I wrong or are you wrong? Am I a good person or are you the good person? And you can see how unproductive that can be rather than saying, look, we have a disagreement. Let's talk it out. Let's come to a, a better understanding of each other and kind of grow from that. Um, in a growth mindset, people accept their deficiencies. Again, we've seen in study after study, if you tell people with a growth mindset that they failed the test or they did poorly or they um, their work was rejected, they want to know why and they want to know what they can do. They don't have to go bully someone else to feel good. They don't have to blame someone else. They take the responsibility and do what they have to. Okay, we have some callers on the line. Um, do you want to take a call now? Sure. Okay. Let's see. We're gonna go to seven one eight seven seven eight 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 three six. I can only see numbers. I can't see names. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Do you have a question for the caller? Um, I'm just listening to your talk show. Now, first, I want to say congratulations on your first talk show. And I really don't have any questions right now because I haven't had a chance to read the book. And I would just hope that you will bring your your host back so I can after I have read the book. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hello. Yes. Hi. Do you have a question? Oh no, this is me. I'm the guest. Okay. Uh, okay, because I have a one, 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 one. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't. Okay. I don't think there are any other um, people on the line who have questions. So we can go back. I have more questions to ask. Oh, if you I'd don't be mind. delighted to answer. Okay, more great. Okay, coaches and parents and teachers have a profound effect on our youth and young adults. Mm -hmm. Can you provide examples of how the mindset of these individuals can shape the child's perspective? Yes. In my book, uh, Mindset, um, I give lots of examples of how teachers and coaches shape their players um, because teachers and coaches can convey a fixed or a growth mindset. They can convey that I only value the talented people and I think they're the only ones who can succeed. Um, or they can convey, I am here to help everyone develop their talents. I'm not judging who has talent and who doesn't. I'm looking at each student or player as an individual and seeing how we can collaborate to make them as successful as we can. And we found in a study of sports teams recently that when the players believed that their coach valued effort and practice over natural talent, those were the um, players who improved the most over that season. So it's really important for teachers and coaches to 
convey a value on effort and practice and to guide students and athletes through the effort and practice to make it productive. Again, rather than saying, I'm here to test you and judge you, decide who's got it, who doesn't, and then just work with the ones I think have it. Okay, so... I know that in the book you mentioned um, a few coaches. Um, let's see. We'll go with baseball. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the Boston Red Sox and um, some of the players' uh, belief and also the coaches' mindset, which caused them to feel as if they had that uh, permanent curse on them. Yes, yes. For a long time, uh, the Boston Red Sox felt that they had a, a curse, the curse of Babe Ruth, um, because they traded him to the Yankees at some point, and we all know what a mistake that was. Um, but actually, more recently, they've been able to emerge from that curse. Okay. And, um, and actually have um, the Boston teams have really, they used to suffer from the superstar mentality, bowing down to the superstars, mm-hmm. um, but they stopped that. They stopped catering to just talent, and they flourished as a result. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we have time for, I guess, one more question. Okay. What is CEO disease? I find that um, really interesting um, at this particular time in our economy. Yes, um, it's it's a fascinating term, CEO disease. A lot of CEOs get isolated and insulated from the important information, the negative information that they need to hear. And this can happen either because people only feed them positive information or because they develop such a big ego that they only want to hear that they're right. Um, And as you point out, especially in these times where everything is changing and businesses are experiencing unprecedented losses, these are the times that the CEOs need to cure themselves of that disease, hear the hard facts and the bad news, and uh, take action in light of them. So, yeah, we need need more leaders who don't see themselves as infallible, but see, see themselves as team players who work hard along with everyone else to find new strategies that can get them back on track and thriving. Well, we need that a lot. We need that right away. We need it yesterday. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you have any projects that you're working on at this time that you would like to share with us? Oh, yes. um, We have a big project that we call Brainology, and it's a computer-based growth mindset workshop for adolescents. It teaches them about the growth mindset. It teaches them that every time they stretch themselves to learn something new, their brain grows new connections, and over time they get smarter. 
It teaches them how to apply, how to make their brain work better, and how to apply this to their schoolwork. So we're really, really excited about this project. Again, it's called Brainology. Brainology. Now, is there a website where people can um, log into to get more information? Um, I know that the book can be purchased at um, Amazon.com, mm-hmm. Borders, Barnes & Nobles, and it's titled Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. If they wanted to go to a website to get more information on what we discussed today, do you have one available? Yes, there's a website called mindsetonline, one word, dot com, and there's also a website called brainology.us. Okay, I'm writing all this down because I'm going to go check them out as well. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. I have one other question I think we can squeeze in, and can a growth mindset person become a fixed mindset person in certain areas? Or the other way around, too. Right, or vice versa. (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is so interesting to me, and I've found this so much in my work, which is that um, the mindsets, they're pretty stable and they're pretty powerful, but people can change if they address the mindset directly. In my book, I have some I have suggestions and I have also I have a really interesting diagram that um compares all the different aspects of the fixed mindset to the growth mindset and shows people how to make sure that they're starting to operate in a growth mindset. So again, these mindsets are powerful, but they're just beliefs. And even awareness of when you're in a fixed mindset and what a growth mindset is and what a growth mindset person would be thinking and saying in those, and feeling in those contexts is really a great first step toward changing mindsets. Okay. Well, Dr. Dweck, um, you have given us a great deal of food for thought. I mean, it's just this, it's just really driving in the point that I would like to make to everyone that a fulfilling life is not as difficult as we imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that, you know, I've been taking notes, and I, I admit that some of my behavior has hindered my success to some degree. However, I have the book as my handbook, and um, I'm learning just how to change the way I approach certain things and, and the way that I look at things. And even with my own daughter, who's currently a college student, um, how I can approach her to help her so that, you know, my beliefs don't become etched in stone and I can be more flexible. And I mm. believe that's what it's more about, being more flexible with your life. Yes. And okay. even, even starting your own show is a very yes. kind of courageous and gutsy thing. Yes, it is. I have to admit. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, I guess let's see if there um, is there anything else you'd like to share. I think we have a little two or three more minutes of time left, and I don't think we have any callers calling in or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. Did I have? Oh, well, the um, adage opposites attract. How does that work? when you have the growth mindset and the fixed mindset? Oh, I don't know if um, opposite mindsets attract, but it can be a, a problem when they do because 
growth mindset people like to talk out problems and fixed mindset people feel kind of accused and um, blamed when problems are addressed. So that can be a toxic combination if people don't realize that they're coming at it from different mindsets. Okay. Well, I believe we've come to the close of our show. And I would like to thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Um, Let's see. Would you like to come back? (laughs) I would love to have you come back. I mean, that would be wonderful. I would Um, be delighted to come back in the future. Okay, great. Thank you. I would like to also um, thank my listeners for calling in, and I would like to thank my assistant. She's doing a great job. Um, I believe that uh, that concludes our show for today, Saturday, June 27th, for the Cocoa Express, and I'm your host, Aurelia Lyles, and have a great day. Thank you. This is our stop for now. So come back soon and hang out with Aurelia Lyles on the Cocoa Express. See where she goes next. Until then, keep it real. At Wendy's, this just in. Wendy's new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now an option with the 4 for 4. Let's go live to Switzerland. You can hear the ceremonial Swiss Alpine horns welcoming the new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now an officer from the Swiss Army is using his knife to cut into a ceremonial block of cheese. There you have it, the deliciously different Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now available for a limited time with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just $4. Stay neutral, Switzerland. At participate in Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska, Hawaii, or Switzerland. At Wendy's, the... This just in. Wendy's new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now an option with the 4 for 4. Let's go live to Switzerland. You can hear the ceremonial Swiss Alpine horns welcoming the new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now an officer from the Swiss Army is using his knife to cut into a ceremonial block of cheese. There you have it, the deliciously different Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now available for a limited time with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just $4. Stay neutral, Switzerland. At participate in Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska, Hawaii, or Switzerland.